Welcome to the Cosmic Pirate Podcast, the microbial jungle in your home. Tonight we have Dennis Bonaducci, Roger in Florida. I'm Drew, and we have a special guest in the studio tonight, Cindy Irish. Cindy is a chemist and microbiologist, uh, and she will be helping us uh, understand the uh, dangers that lurk in your home that, that you might not even realize. We're going to, we plan on dispelling the five-second rule, which is very common. Kiss it up to God. Um, you got to be careful. There is some, uh, some nastiness in your home, right? Little nasties uh, lurking around every corner, right, Cindy? There can be. Okay. Let's have Roger tell us about his news item that he read today. <laughs> you had a funny bit of news down there, Roger, about a bank robbery or something? Okay. Guy goes into a bank to rob the bank. He hands a teller a note. On a note, it says, be quick, be quit. Because he misspelled quiet. <laughs> but somehow he manages to rob the bank for $400. And he thinks he's getting away. But then uh, they found out that he wrote the note on the back of a pay stub that had his name and address <laughs> on it. So the police just went to his house and picked him up. <laughs> Today's your big payday. I mean, that was real bright. If he had gotten shot, that would have been yeah. uh, he would have been eligible for a Darwin Award, right? No? Uh, <laughs> possibly, yeah. It just amazes me that people, you know, they can't find a piece of paper that doesn't have their name and address on it when they rob banks. <laughs> we have... Uh... I'd like to just get right into this thing. Uh, thank you for joining us, Cindy. I appreciate you being on. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd went the, wild. The fanfare, yes. I guess I'll just jump right into it. Um, does science know how many and what kind of microbes live in the home? Or is there stuff that uh, we haven't discovered yet lurking maybe in the, uh, the corners and crevices of our homes? I don't think they know how many. Because that can vary. That's not an absolute number or answer. Okay. Because everybody uh, has a different kind of home, keeps it yeah, cleaner or less clean. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, so, no, I, I don't think there's a, an answer to that. And you have people doing different types of work. Someone could be bringing a different type of germ home to somebody else. I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. Stuff on your feet from different areas, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have a dog or no dog. You might have a pet kangaroo, right? Yep. No, no, nothing like Gotta that. Gotta have a. Pet kangaroo there. <laughs> I'd like to dispel the five-second rule. Can we dispel the five-second rule? I hear it all the time. People say, oh, five seconds, you're good. Pick up the cookie or whatever you dropped off the floor. Like pizza face down. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be pizza face up. I wouldn't be eating after I dropped it on the floor. It's just, you know. It depends on what kind of pizza. Okay. Or how hungry you are. Or if it was the last slice and you didn't have any yet. Sure. Yeah. How hungover you are. <laughs> If it was a potato chip, less, would that would a potato chip, because it's drier, be less likely to pick up uh, germs and microbes than something that's wet? Absolutely. Okay. What, can you explain to us why the five-second rule probably doesn't apply? Well, the five-second rule is, is silly. Okay. <laughs> something that's dry, obviously, is not going to have anything stick to it compared to something that's wet. So that's easy to understand. Now, why would something wet pick up a microbe? Well, anything that's wet is going to have something, something stick to it easier. And a microbe's not just going to jump onto a chip because no. the microbes are dormant or something, right? They're, they're like, not going like, to jump. They're vegetative cells that are just sitting on the floor if they're there. And do they, well, if they just dry out, are they still, is there still potential for them to come back if they get wet? 
Only if they're spores, like oh, mold okay. spores. I've got that oh, game. So, so bacteria, if they're if they're <laughs> got that game. Roger said, "I got that game." <laughs> no, for bacteria, they're vegetative cells. Okay. So they're sitting there. Something wet's gonna obviously have them stick to them easier. Something dry, they won't. Okay. And if they don't have enough moisture or food, they're just gonna die quick. Okay. So bacteria aren't like little, there aren't bacterial spores. It would be a mold spore if it was a spore. Some bacteria have spores, but not too many. Okay. Only a few bacteria form spores, which allow them to be dormant and, and revive themselves later. What kind of bacteria that we might encounter in our home are actually spore type of bacteria? Not too many. I mean, the, the, the home type of bacteria that you would see from uh, people and skin and all that. Um, oh, yummy. Don't often form spores. Okay. Now, what is a spore? Is that like a seed? It's um, it's a protective mechanism that certain bacteria and mold form to allow them to revive themselves and protect themselves in harsh environments. So when there's no moisture or no food. They kind of dry and become like... They can be dormant. Dormant. Okay. And then basically um, become alive again. As soon as a spore is moistened... Yeah, they could be they 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 wake up in exactly other words, and go to town. Yeah, I usually wake up when I moisten myself too. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> but that's not the majority of when... bacteria and germs that we're talking about in the household. Okay, um, so then the five second rule would only apply to these spores that, which aren't a big threat. Really? No, what about bacteria that, uh, you said bacteria will die after a certain period of time if there's no moisture or food for it, right? Yeah, most bacteria that, that don't form spores, which are the majority of them, are not going to be able to survive for a long period of time without food or moisture. Okay. So if you keep your floors even halfway clean and dry, so it's, it's not going to probably be a big threat to pick up a piece of especially dry food after it falls on the floor. Okay, so a chip or an unbitten cookie... You're pretty okay with most likely now, no worries. A slice of pizza face down, you might want to. Well, first of all, well, that depends. Is it hot pizza or cold pizza? And, and you may get yeah. some dust bunnies and some other stuff you don't want. But right. in terms and, and of you, a serious microbial threat, probably nothing too major. Really? Okay. Now you said something interesting early before that the floor is probably safer and more free of bacteria than any given doorknob in a house. And why is that? Well, people vacuum floors and mop right. floors, Yeah. but when you think about the areas in the home where we're continually touching, refrigerator handles, mm -hmm. cabinet doors, remote door controls, knobs, light switches, things like that. Remote controls, right? Exactly. I always have my doorknob polished. <laughs> Professionally? Oh. <laughs> but that makes perfect sense because you don't always think about cleaning a doorknob off. But you clean the floor because the floor is the bottom of everything, right? It's got to be getting well, dirty. Well, and it, it does get dirty because obviously gravity, things fall to the, mm -hmm. to the floor. And right. you bring stuff in from the outside on your right. feet and shoes. And, but, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the microbial contamination in the home is from our hands yeah. and the things that we touch. So unless we're cleaning those regularly, I mean, that, that is definitely a, an area of, of high potential contamination. Which brings us to the discussion of soap. What kind of soaps? I mean, we we got to keep our hands clean if we want to keep our doorknobs clean. Right? Either we clean our doorknobs regularly and wash our hands regularly. All of that is good. Both. Are, is there yeah. a big difference 
between antibacterial soap, regular soap, or these hand sanitizers, those like evaporating hand sanitizers you can get with the alcohol and stuff in them. Is there a big, big difference between regular soap, hand sanitizers, or that uh, kind of thing? The best thing is hand washing and for, you know, 15, 20 seconds, because the idea is you want to rinse off any bacterial contamination from your hands. And okay. it takes about that long to do that with soap. Um, in a pinch, the uh, the hand sanitizers are the next best thing if you don't have soap and water and um, aren't able to do that. Yeah, because it can evaporate and you're just... It's it's yeah. not as good, but it, Kills it, germs. it, uh, it will suffice. 99% effective? Yeah. Really? Roger, what was that uh, label you had on one of your sanitizers? 99.9. Ah, that, that's a good one. Kills 99.99% of most germs that may make you sick. <laughs> I love all those disclaimers. <laughs> yeah. So they're covering their ass. The attorneys are involved in that. Yeah. You think? <laughs> Hot water or cold water, suds or no suds when you're washing your oh, hands? Oh, definitely so. suds. Yeah, definitely suds, Rod, you think? Yeah, sure. I like suds. <laughs> suds are good for everybody. Well, water that's hot enough to actually kill microbes would be so hot it would burn you. So scald your hands, right? Exactly. But warm water does work a little better than cold, um, only because it helps dissolve more of the, the solids particles on your hands. The what? The warmer water will help dissolve more of those more quickly than cold because... What particles? Any particulate solids? Solids. I thought you said something else. Don't get shit out of your I hands. I you used some sort of scientific term on here. <laughs> Whoops. No. Solids. Okay. So hot water and sudsy soap. Is ideal. Is ideal. Okay. I mean, cold water works because it will still rinse things off, but those particulates will dissolve better in warmer water than they would cold. Okay. Cool. So I'm thinking my house is probably a chemist's worst nightmare. Why? Or, you don't clean it? No. Not a big fan. <laughs> Not a big fan of cleanliness. <laughs> Not a big fan of cleanliness. I have a question for you, Cindy. How does soap work anyway? What is the mechanism there in most soaps, regardless of fragrance, regardless of color and little beads they might add to act as a little scrubby cleanser? What's the basic molecular structure that makes soap work? I'm not going to get into the molecular structure. Oh. Soap is a surfactant, which really just means it's got um, a hydrophobic and a hydrophilic end. It's got uh, part of it that um, will uh, interact well with water, hydrophilic, mm -hmm. and then a part that's hydrophobic, which will interact with grease, oil that's on your hands or whatever sturdy. So that part of it... Um, allows uh, the soap to loosen up the oil. That's the whole point of soap, is it allows yeah. the oil and water to mix. And that works better with warm water. It still works with cold, but warm is better. So is it safe to say that, uh, I guess, uh, bars of hand soap are kind of uh, out of the business now? Or oh, most no. people using liquid hand soap now? Yeah, all, what's, yeah, what's the deal with that? It's all the same. It's the same sort of, I it's mean, chemically... Form. Chemically, it's the same thing. Feels a little different, looks a little different, but it's doing the same thing chemically. I was always intrigued by the difference in uh, bar hand soap and, and liquid. I mean, there might be slightly a different chemical structure, but I mean, the, the same method of the uh, mode of action chemically well, is very those, similar. Yeah. Some they have that uh, 
some have more pumice in it or something. Right? Some have the, the scrubby you stuff, scrub yeah. Your skin and, and some have a little more of the, uh, you know, the base, the sodium hydroxide, which is a little slippier, which is probably what you feel mm. in the bar soap. Are you referencing to like the like the gritty, like some of the gritty well, uh, type liquid hand soap? Some liquid hand soaps have the grit in it. But I even have a bar soap in my shower right now. It's got the pumice in it or something. But that's not a chemical action. That's just a that's physical. Just a, yeah, that's just a component of the soap that's going to scrub I know, you. Yeah, 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 most most car mechanics use that kind of uh, hand soap with the gritty stuff. And right. I always like that I have, when I was... I have uh, Gojo in the garage with pumice. Gojo? Yeah, it's a hand cleaner for grease and stuff if you're working in your car. Gets the grease. That's good stuff. about how the Gojo works. I don't know the molecular structure of Gojo. Let's say let's just say you just probably want to use it on your hands. It's probably got a big, heavy uh, um, petroleum end to it that would that also would act as a a type of cleanser, right? To break down the grease and and yeah, it does. Yeah, it's more for just getting rid of grease than actually, you know, cleaning away germs. Right, Roger would know. He's so it's got a more of a petroleum base to it that helps dissolve the greases. All right, I got one. Does anybody have any questions, uh, meanwhile, before I get on to uh, my next segment here with uh, Cindy? Are you going on to a different subject? Same subject, uh, microbes and stuff like that, not so much hand soaps or sanitizers or germs. Well, if we're going to be on the subject of uh, sanitizers, I'd like to know, uh, I find a lot of, well, I don't find a lot, but I see in catalogs UV lights Ah. for killing germs. And how effective is that? And is that a good idea? UV is a way to kill microbes. But in what context are you talking about? Well, they sell lights for UV lights for like cleaning, say, your remote or your phone, stuff like that. It doesn't actually say what its intended use is, just that it kills germs. Okay. Is that enclosed in something? Or is it like just a light you would shine on your... It would be like a flashlight or... I've seen some that look like a little reading light. Isn't UV dangerous to humans, though? Why would we... UV uh, is well, a danger. Continued I mean, exposure, yes. And, oh. But it, it is an effective way to kill you know, microbial vegetative cells. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for household use, like you were talking about, Roger. Um, right. Only because... Well, personally, I don't know how long you'd have to expose something to it to kill stuff i mean i'd have to look that up but a clorox wipe saturated mm-hmm. you know is probably the easiest you know at home way to get rid of the microbes on those things that you're talking about but naturally in the article they're gonna tell you how wonderful it is otherwise they wouldn't be able to sell their of product course. well you know what if you look at like a remote control or that kind of stuff it's getting dirty it's not just getting germs on it it's getting dirty too so you want uv is not going to clean away the the hard dirt Articles. that's on there and the skin cells and whatever else. So accumulation of food still, and beverage. Right. Exactly. Over time. Yeah. Somebody sneezes on the thing. But so I would still want to hit it with either like the Clorox wipes, like you said, or a Windex with a paper towel. And you're actually getting the dirt and gook off there as well as killing germs and getting rid of it. Because well, then sure, you're using both a physical and chemical means to yeah. not only kill bacteria, but to physically wipe them off. And both of which are very effective. Right. And plus the dirt would probably help uh, protect the uh, microbes from UV light by blocking the light. Right. There could be some dormant uh, microbes in a dirt layer that didn't get hit by the UV (laughs) and break free later on. I had something, UV. I have a UV in my fish pond filter. 
It kills algae. Okay. And it cleared out my pond in two weeks. I had a bad uh, greenish murkiness to my fish pond. Okay. I had to change the filter itself like, you know, three, four times in that two-week period. Or not change it, but clean it out. But that UV filter, the water passes through, a, passes by a UV light. It kills the algae. Hmm. And the algae, dead algae, settles to the bottom of the filter where it's consumed by beneficial bacteria that settle on these little bio balls. Sort of like reconditioned? There's, there's little spheres with holes in them. There's a bunch of, a lot of surface area for bacteria to settle on. And it's beneficial bacteria that ends up settling mm-hmm. there. And when the dead algae drift down to the bottom of the um, filter, that beneficial bacteria eats it and thrives on that. And then the other filters collect the large particulate matter that uh, flows through. But the uh, if not, the algae, the small algae particles would make it through those filters and back into the pond again. They never get filtered out. But when they die, they, they sink in. They clump up and then sink into the bottom. What's your question? What's your question? <laughs> so... But, but, I mean, it made a huge difference. It, the pond just cleared out. So it was a combination of the UV and the filtration. And the filtration, right. Filtration's going to do a lot because that is going to take out a lot of particulates. But Anyone? 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 Yeah. Tap water or filtered, Brita filtered water. What do you think? Your municipal water is treated, right? It's yeah, got... it, it depends. I mean, tap water is, is safe. I mean, it has to be. They test it obviously, so it's safe for drinking. It's really just a matter of uh, personal preference in terms of taste. Some people, you know, don't like the taste of certain types of tap water. So, Um, I mean, all tap water, by definition, is safe to consume. Actually, I have a question now that we're on the topic of tap water. Okay. Uh, My mom has a uh, kitchen sink in the house that's very rarely used. It's only used to fill up my, uh, the dog's water bowl. And uh, she removed the... um, I don't know what you want to call that, right on the uh, the little end piece on the faucet. Aeration. Yeah. Aeration. Dip, she removed. Filter, she removed yeah. that piece because I guess uh, it was spraying too much. So she just figured she'd just take it off and, you know. You can clean that out. I've cleaned mine out. Put it right back yeah. on because it'll get filled up with like bits of schmutz. Well, anyhow, she. I mean, she uses. I mean, she fills up the dog bowl without that thing on, and I notice like you know the water comes out a little, little. Uh, discolored or that little cloudy. It shouldn't should be a problem. The I aerator, mean, the aerator shouldn't make a difference in the clarity. It's not like a filter. No, it's not a filter. It just at all. makes it flow better. That's all. I think maybe the problem is that she's not using it often enough, so she needs to flush it on a regular basis just to oh, to clean okay, out the uh, the piping system. That's probably the problem. Oh, it's coming out but cloudy that's relatively though. Somewhat, I mean, if it's cloudy and if if the water doesn't seem or mm-hmm. appear clean or clear, it's probably that. I mean, it's. City water or something, right? Yeah, city okay. water. Yeah. So she probably just needs to turn it on and flush it, it on a, yeah. more of a regular basis. Or there could be... Cloudy water doesn't, isn't necessarily dirty Mean, water. Dirty right. water. Right. If, you, if you run hot water, well, hot water can tend to be cloudier because there will be more oxygen. Dissolved. Uh, more dissolved particles. Right. Or even I've seen uh, oxygenated water. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're fine bubbles. It's not dirt or anything. The fine bubbles make it seem um, cloudy. Colder water releases the bubbles quicker than hot water. I've seen hot water stay kind of cloudy looking mm-hmm. 
for several mm-hmm. seconds and it finally clears out. Right. In cold water, it always looks clearer. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe that's what it was. Cloudy water. It's possible. Damn, dude, I'd be calling like town. I've never <laughs> seen cloudy water. Because you wouldn't be giving your well, dog Well, the dog's still alive, so. <laughs> that's well, that's good. But why would she take the aerator off? Uh, my mom tends to go against the grain, I guess. Yeah, but the aerator's not like a filter. It's just something that... Just allows it to spray. It allows it to... She just didn't like it. She didn't like how it was... <laughs> it's not even spraying. like a spray. It just... <laughs> an aerator makes the water pour into a, a, a more uniform column Add as opposed to splattering to... around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and an aerator can get gunked up. Why so am I peeing like we were up having sex all night? <laughs> Oh, you're gonna exactly. you're gonna have to edit that one. No, what we got yeah, to edit. We got guys at work. I I go into the the stall at work and you see like pee all over the seat. It's like first of all, guys, lift the seat. Second of all, get your plumbing checked and take the spatter nozzle off. That's just nasty. <laughs> like, Remove the aerator. Everywhere. Yeah. The ultimate aerator. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know what the hell that problem is there. Work on the end. The end is crimped oh, or something. Doesn't to spray a little bit. Um, I got a crew to the nozzle. <laughs> let's. Guy, people are slobs. Downright slobs. I use the soap and oh sanitizer at work. We have that alcohol sanitizer. I wash my hands with the soap and water first, dry them, <laughs> then I sanitize them on my way. Damn, you are room. double protected. <laughs> hey, I only get one cold a year. <laughs> but um, let's move to the supermarket. Out of the home for a second. When I was a kid growing up, I heard people say, I heard somewhere a rumor, stay away from the dented cans. I'm sure a lot of people might have heard this too. Stay away from the dented cans in the supermarket because there could be bacteria in the cans. God, that's what now I when, for. Now, when I started thinking about this myself, I'm like, if there's bacteria in the can, it's not going to cause the can to collapse. Bacteria eat stuff and there is a, 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 an output. Everything that eats has a, a byproduct. Bacteria eating something in a can of peas in the supermarket is going to create gas and pressure, and a can would tend to bulge, not collapse. Am I right? Am You're I absolutely right, Drew. Yeah, I mean, uh, if if there are bacteria there and the vacuum has been compromised, um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna uh, create some gas, and if anything, you would see some bulging in the can, which. Obviously, if you see something like that, then it would be something you wouldn't want. Now, why would this rumor come about? I, I think it's just uh, one of those wives' tales that have taken on you know, their own life of uh, the, the cans that have been exploded. And somebody took that and, and made it into something where <laughs> it's, any it's deformed not, can is bad. It's not in good shape. must be something wrong with exactly. it. And then they get the facts wrong and someone's... Paranoia, I misinformation. think. Paranoia. Exactly. A little paranoia, a little ignorance, and someone's not spreading the facts right. That's exactly um, it. Okay. When I was growing up, my parents didn't have a lot of money, so they used to buy a lot of dented cans. Well, tint, dented cans is just is just that. It's a dented can. That fell the, on the floor the and got dented. The came through. The guy came in with the, with the forklift and whacked the bottom rack instead of getting it lined up right. And, oh, look, the first row's gone, but we can keep the second and third. You know, you got some dents in there. Or one drops and you get a crush, whatever. But, yeah. Yeah, there's places that buy that stuff. One of the stuff. stock guys uh, tried to button hook his uh, co-worker with a can of uh, peas. Didn't he, uh, he tried to button hook me. But- Never mind. <laughs> No, you're gonna button hook me. I'm sorry. What was We're that? Roger? Stop, Buck. 
there's stores that <laughs> you, buy those damaged cans. Like a, like you're saying, a case gets knocked over. Well, they're yeah. not going to be able to sell most of that stuff in the supermarket. There are stores that buy that. I used to go to the dented can stores with my parents because you would get there's the stuff really cheap. There's a place really called cheap. the dented can store? That wasn't the name of it. That's what we called them because oh. there was oh. you know, a few of them. And you can buy stuff that was in a dented can. And you would get it for like a fraction of the cost. Yeah, like a third of the price. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the well, supermarket mind, would just sell off the whole case. Now, what's considered and, actually a dented can, though? Like, I mean, to what extent? Like, well, to the point where, like... You mean, like, is there, like, a there's 5% significant, dent or 10% or 20% yeah. dent? Like, what's what's the significance of, like, you know, uh, whether you could put it on the shelf or you can't put it on the shelf, like... I know it's kind of getting off topic there, but I couldn't tell you. I, think I a have lot of no idea. Just throw the stuff. I don't know if there's any rating system. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It would have to be. Uh, I would. I would say anything that's moderately dented that looks unappealing that may not sell on a supermarket shelf. I'll tell you what. I know it's bologna, but I don't buy dented cans. I find the ones that are not dented. I do the same thing. So maybe the supermarket buys stuff that's left on the shelf. That hasn't sold, and if there's still some time left to the smell-by date, they'll go ahead and sell it to these other people. There must be stuff that's brought in that's not accepted because of dent, and the other company takes it. Yeah, but canned stuff will last forever. It's that's got a, true. It's got a very long shelf life. That's so. true. So maybe, yeah, maybe after... There are people that would buy it, I mean, yeah. because it can... I mean, if the can is intact... As long as the seal's not broken, you're good to go. It will be good for a very, very long time, even if it's dented. Yeah, that's true. Stay. By the way, stay away from the manager specials on lettuce or any other bagged goods. That is nasty. Anything perishable. Anything that says don't do it. Anything that says manager special. Exactly. You know it's a it, it's a day before its due date mm-hmm. or whatever, and and the stuff is just mm-hmm. the bottom of the pile. It didn't sell. It's been sitting Ready in the shelf for bad. two months. Yeah. Now, how about like a salad bar, like at a supermarket? I mean, how oh, good one? Good one, Dennis. Germ-wise. Germ-wise. I mean, how away. bad? Can I would it be? never, ever. As much as I love salad vegetables, I would never, ever get a salad at a salad bar, whether it was at a supermarket. But or they have else. they have the plexiglass uh, coverings and awnings over them. Sure. So when you sneeze, it's all caught, right? Then it just not <laughs> not <laughs> not. <laughs> no, you got to duck underneath those things, and anything can. Air can air can just pull uh, stuff right underneath. Well, the, there's there's that. Plus, I'm not worried about sneezes. You well, can worry about people's hairs and stuff falling in it or nose hairs out in the or open like that for any length of time. You've got people t- touching it, digging into it. God knows what. It's just a. It's Bad nasty. Practice. Think about I this. wouldn't do it. A guy walking by could sneeze, not even aiming near the stuff, but his particles from that sneeze it's, exit it's his an nose. It's aerosol. Yeah. His, <laughs> exactly. His particles, the particles from his schnots entered the air, and they're drifting. They're drifting on the air now, and he's gone. He's down the aisle. These things are still drifting, ladies and gentlemen. These things are still drifting. That's it. I'm never leaving Those my house are, now. Those awnings are not going to stop germs that are that are drifting in on the air and down into that food. I mean, Jeez. that can happen. I'm going to be living in a bubble after this one. You know, who the hell knows, you know? No, you're exactly right. I would never get a salad at a salad bar yeah. anywhere. When in doubt, get the hell out. <laughs> when in doubt, get the hell out. There you go. I that's like a, that. That's a good, uh, that's, that's good. Good to live by. That was a very good question. Thank you. Any buffet, you, not just vegetables, wouldn't do it. Yeah. I kind of steer clear of that stuff, too. 
But they have those salad bars in all supermarkets. The supermarket. In every supermarket, supermarket, just about. Those every, any major yes, supermarket. areas, and they have that chicken. And stuff I think that, that also, I, that probably goes also for, um, you know, like potato salad, like, you know, the deli. Yeah. Um, potato salad, egg salad, all those prepared, uh, you know, dishes in the deli. Right. Because oh, who, who knows, I mean, how long, how many times just, they wrap those things exactly. up and, like, put them back out there again. This kind of thing is just beckoning for a germ. This yeah. is a, You're these just are looking for trouble dishes. buying that stuff, yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people say, like, to stay away from, like, the tuna and stuff that's already made in <laughs> the deli. Well, the hope is that they don't have that stuff out for very long, and they've oh, got Jesus. some limited time where they're yeah. not going to sell it after Am a day or two. Recording? That stuff at the base of your toothbrush bristles, the brown gunk that kind of builds up around the bottom. Yummy. Now, first of all, I don't have any brown gunk around the bottom of mine. Good hygiene. Yeah. I do have to replace that toothbrush, though. I've had it for for several, probably close to a year. Is that too long? Yes. But it, the bristles are still stiff. It's it's not like all worn out. You keep it clean then, but I think firm. you're supposed to replace your toothbrush every couple of months from it's what very, I understand. It's very oh firm. Boy, every trouble. couple of months? God. I have an electric uh, I think it's three months. I'm sorry. Where's the, where? I have an electric toothbrush, and I keep the charger on the back of the toilet bowl. <laughs> Good place for it. <laughs> so, Cindy, do you want to add to that? <laughs> Say that again? Am, am I just welcoming like a whole array of uh, health problems but by wait, doing you that? Gotta, you got to put your toothbrush on the back of the bowl to charge it? Yeah, because uh, that's the only available outlet. But how long does it take for, to charge it? Uh, maybe like two hours. Yeah. But what do you it, mean it, on the back of the bowl? It's sitting on the back of the toilet? So what? <laughs> yes. That's not a bad place. Well, you close the toilet lid? When you flush? <laughs> no. Toilets are cleaner than floors. Yeah, but you're peeing and right into it. The splatter could go up onto the brush. Microbi- microbically. <laughs> micro- micro- <laughs> microbically yes. speaking. It's not going to be. No. I mean, you're fine. Go a little pee sprinkle on the. I guess you're right because pee is a biological. But there's Urine is sterile. In. That's true. Okay. Urine is sterile. I mean, not to get gross, but yeah, I mean. It's, it's more sterile than. Your toilet water sitting there. Oh, uh, absolutely. Okay. So in other words, you could probably brush your teeth using the toilet bowl water. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't that. use the toilet bowl you water, but it would be it. cleaner using your... No, no. Using your pee to brush teeth oh, would be cleaner okay. than using your toilet bowl water to brush teeth. I got you. Or, or a that, that's, gutter water. That's a good point. You're exactly right. I mean, not that anybody would choose to do that, but... No, but I would still use the... When you're in a pinch. I would still... <laughs> yeah, you're in the middle of the woods and there's when no you're water. In, when you're in a pinch, oh, I would geez. still use I would still use the sink water because it's got chlorines and stuff in there to uh, to keep it a little bit cleaner. Portable. Yeah. Well, it's only portable if you have something it. to put it in. It's only portable. Portable if you have something to put it in. Yeah. Portable. Portable. No, you take portable and stick the R in there, it becomes portable. Portable. Yeah. Yeah. Right, bad joke. I got Let's something pretty on. nasty actually to mention. Go ahead. I got a coworker in my office that um, you would think that she puts her lipstick on with a uh, with a paintbrush, okay, um, or a uh, spray gun or something. Anyhow, uh, when she fills up her water bottle at the water cooler, she gets her lipstick all over the spout of, of the, bottle. the water cooler. Nice. The water cooler. Yes. Ew. Wait a minute. How does she? Because her lipstick? lipstick comes off on the top of the water bottle itself. Oh, oh I see. And when she, she touches it to the bottom. And then she. Ooh. Why would she then, touch it to the thing? Because she's, she's, she's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I hope somebody's clean. Well, that. I mean, needless to say, I mean, you know, each one of us, uh, oh. you know, yells at her pretty much every other day. 
one of us in the office yells at her, and I think that's pretty disgusting. Yeah, well, what, what, what kind of... Uh, you're talking about some germs there that her lipstick could collect, right? That you are know, sitting there in the... And I've thought about that because, you know, the, the water bottles that they bring in, right? They have the little spouts. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and they're small, mm-hmm. and some people have their water bottles. You stick them up there, and the idea would be to not touch I don't touch too, mine right? to the... T- I, have I know, but if other work. people do... It's just a common courtesy not to... Exactly, but obviously she's... Yeah, she she's doesn't. Touching. She's not. She's not a big fan of hygiene. Hmm. Yeah, but if she's if it's on the spout, right? Yeah, she's touching it. Yes, that's nasty. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Somebody needs good. to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. I would mention banner from you know the water cooler. I would go by there with the uh, with the Clorox wipe every once in a while and just then take a clean towel and go around it. Yeah. yeah after that, a Clorox that's, wipe. That's bad news. Clorox wipe wouldn't kill you if you wiped off uh, the nozzle of that thing, right? You'd wipe it, dry it, let it flush. Oh, it's better than having her lipstick in your water. Ooh, that, that's, that's nasty. That is bad. We have water coolers at work where I work, mm-hmm. and there's people that I've heard complain about how nasty that thing is. I mean, this 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 brownish stuff that builds up around the edge of the water cooler top. But I'm thinking to myself, it's minerals. Most likely. Most of the time, it's probably minerals. Not You're talking lipstick, about the spout where you yeah. where the water actually comes out. Yeah, and there's a white residue. Which I'm thinking, is it lime? Water evaporates and it's leaving a white residue in the bottom tray of the water cooler in my office. That's probably what it is, yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, What kind of water are you using? Is it uh, spring water? No, it's uh, our cooler. Our water cooler is hooked directly up to the water line, so it's whatever the town is providing. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. But it filters it through the carbon type filter. And also does it look like a Brita filter or, or no? Yeah, it carbon filters it and then it also filters it with UV light before we get it into our cup. So the only thing that'd be yeah, I mean, but no that doesn't really filter out dead. the minerals. No, exactly. The germs are dead. Germs are filtered out, and then you're left with just some minerals. Mm-hmm. Now, once the water evaporates, the mineral residue is going to be left. We just have white, just a white powdery-looking stuff that kind of you know. You I don't could, think it's any cause for concern. No, it's probably lime. Or Nothing calcium. to worry about. I don't know if it's a calcium in the water. I don't know. Mm. Some kind of calcium maybe in the... Any mineral deposits could seem white, so that's not a, a mm-hmm. microbial concern. And you could have just about any mineral in the water because the water is coming from a, a reservoir, which is nothing but a lake. Right. Oh, we had that... Roger and I did our, uh, did our water podcast once about bottled water and stuff. We did. And everything is pretty much tap water. Yeah, we did. Oh, pretty much every kind of like bottled water is, is not as clean as tap water at this point. Right? Yeah, I mean, but bottled water is tap water. Sometimes. Well, they found out, actually, didn't they find out just not too long ago, uh, what was Aquafina? Yeah. I think was actually using tap water. Yeah. And was selling it, it as bottled water. Was it Aquafina, Raj? Yeah. That was one of them, yeah. I think so. What they were doing was uh, filtering it through uh, reverse osmosis and then putting minerals back into it to give it flavor. And Roger's comment when we were recording our cast about this was, so you take all the crap out and then put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's cleaner crap the second time around. <laughs> so that's just, that's the bottom line is it still tastes like a plastic bottle. Right. Some of these bottled waters you open, it's like, what the heck is that? You smell the plastic or mm. what is that stuff anyway? What's on the that? toothbrush bristles that's collecting there. How much of that is mineral from the water supply or bacteria building up like in a Petri dish in your bristles? It's probably not bacteria because you're not going to see bacteria. Most of it is probably toothpaste 
residue. Okay. And just gunk. From what? Your teeth. And Roger said teeth. <laughs> gunk from teeth. Yeah. Mostly toothpaste because it's really sticky. But, I mean, bacteria could stick to that, certainly. But it, it's really just a, a function of how clean you keep your toothbrush and how often you replace it. And, and I use hot water after I'm done brushing to kind of rinse my brush. Which is a good practice. Off. And replacing it. Rinses the oh, that reminds me, actually, of what we talked about the other night uh, with the uh, with the old barbershop type places with uh, the, the straight razor. Right. Um, whether or not it's sanitary to use the... Um, I know, I guess they've been outlawed for various reasons. Straight razor. But some of the old timers still buzzer. use them. Um, straight razor, I believe. The blade. Yeah, but which is better, straight razor or buzzer? Why would a straight razor have more germs or be da- more dangerous than. Uh, I don't know, that's a good question. Probably because. Is there a physical more... danger they were boycotting? They were. They were or not boycotting. Well, I guess the, transfer, the, the, the tr- possible transfer of like diseases and stuff exactly. through like blood. They're, they're more likely to, to cause nicks and cuts and, right. and blood borne. Pathogens. Well, yeah, but if so. the guy's cleaning off... Yeah, we'll stop and think well, how, how they sharpen them, too. Is he just rinsing it? I mean, that's the thing. If you cut somebody, even if it's a nick on one of those straight razors, and you don't disinfect it properly, <laughs> you are potentially um, <laughs> passing along that contamination to somebody else, which is a serious thing. So, Yeah. Nobody wants anybody else's uh, diseases. How often do you think they sanitize that piece of leather they sharpen the blade on, too? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that, too. What do we got going on here? I just got to plug my computer in. Whoa, that's not the outlet. Uh, I have one last question about the sanitary stuff. Germs on the dishcloth and scrubber. I mean, you're... You got, you're using dish soap to wash your dishes. You're, some people use a dishcloth. Not, not, not just to, to wash them, but some people use a dishcloth to dry dishes, too. Um, and then they, they're left sitting out damp, and they can collect con- contaminants or whatever, too. But you have a dishcloth, maybe, or a scrubber that you're using. Should this be something that you throw in the dishwasher every once in a while or in the washing machine? Of course you're going to wash your dishwasher, but the scrubbers, people think less of washing a scrubber. Shouldn't you throw it? Because you're already using it with soap, right? I mean, what's the big deal? Yeah, dishcloths and and those scrubbers you used in the kitchen, those are probably one of the highest potentials for spreading around contamination. Okay. I mean, in the home. That is probably one of the, the biggest things that will get people sick. Because they are a breeding ground for bacteria because they're moist, they stay moist, and mm-hmm. they almost never get dry because you're using them often enough. But yet they're collecting microbes. and, and Even with the dishwashing liquid or the soap oh, that could be the in there. soap is not a disinfectant. It's not killing the microbes or vegetative mm-hmm. cells. The okay. soap is only a surfactant that is lifting the oils mm-hmm. off of surfaces. They about, are not a chemical disinfectant that's killing the microbes. What about the antibacterial... Do they make an antibacterial dish soap? Yes. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yep. What about there, that there, one? Most pro- of them are now, actually. But they're only 99.99% against some germs that may make you sick. There's probably not enough disinfectant in there at high enough concentrations that will actually kill the microbial load that is in those sponges that you're using on a regular basis. So the bottom there's line still is... There's a chance there. Yeah. yeah. You, you either yeah. have to 
uh, put them in a dishwasher almost daily, or you can put them in, in the microwave. Oh, microwave. I never thought of that. Yep. Hmm. You can put those those uh, sponges on a plate in the microwave for really? a minute. Oh. Either way. And that, you're not creating a danger of having the stuff growing in the microwave, because not every surface in a microwave actually gets hot. If the sponge is wet, you can put it in the microwave. You just have to be careful not to overcook it, or you will smell it burning, and then... Well, that's just bad. You'll have to throw it out because it will stink really bad. But <laughs> what does a burning sponge smell like? It smells know, really bad because I put mine like in there for too long. And I mean, the bottom line is either put hmm. it in the dishwasher regularly, or yeah, well, I don't have a dishwasher. Just buy a new one every week or two. I think Roger's going to uh... now. What if you took that sponge and put it in a a little Tupperware of water? And that water got up to boiling. Well, you could, couldn't you boil a sponge? You could boil a sponge. Yeah. For 20 minutes. Same thing. You'd kill, so like once a you'd week. kill most of the bacteria that are there, which would be the same thing as mm. putting it in the dishwasher. Once well, a most week of the bacteria that may make you sick. Yep, exactly. The worst thing to do is just leave it out because it's wet, and that's when bacteria are going to multiply. And then you're going to use it on your counter and just spread that around, and that's right. bad news. Yeah. That just brings back memories how I used to use a loofah on the shower. The loofah. I think a loofah. Oh, my God. And I think I would only, like, change, like, or dispose of it, like, every, like, two months. Well, the loofah, <laughs> that's probably not bad, though. I think there's people who keep loofahs a lot longer than that. The loofah is now just a breeding ground for gook because it's it's got that internal... It's absorbing all, all the soap and everything. all the pieces connect to the loofah. The all microbes the, are having a party in there, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I never think of all that bacteria I'm rubbing all over me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's bacteria, man. See, I use I use, uh, <laughs> I use regular washcloths, or uh, I have a scrubby brush. What's that? Oh, uh, the scrubby brush is really good. I like the scrubby brush. <laughs> or whatever girl I met the night before. <laughs> Lower, sweetie. But you see, the dish. If I use a if I use a, a dishcloth, if I use a Washcloth that's going in the laundry, so that's going to get washed. Oh, I, I got another question actually. While we're on that topic, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's fine. What about bath towels? Like, because I don't like I, I I use I reuse the same bath towel at least twice. So do I. So do I. I how I use it. But you're time. still you're only drying a clean body anyway. So right. You're, I would imagine. I would think. Towels. Well, as long as you're not using a loofah. Yeah, <laughs> you should be relatively clean when you get out of the shower if you're cleaning yourself. And so uh, what do you what do you say like the you know to try rule or something like we use it twice the, and the whole idea would be making sure that after you use it you it gets dry. hang it up so it dries yes, yes. It, if it remains damp for a long period of time that's when you're going to run into problems and that's when you're going to smell the problem you'll, you'll, you'll smell oh yeah if, especially in hand towels this is first hand experience I don't have a flat rod or a <laughs> <laughs> I'm not what a kind of rod do you have <laughs> <laughs> you know the you know the hanging rods you have in the back of some bathroom door. No, I had no idea wall. what you were talking about there. I don't have a rod to hang my towel on, so the uh, it, it, I hang I my to towel just, on my own rod. I used to just throw what I would do is just throw it on the hook <laughs> on the back of the bathroom door, right? And it hangs down in a straight bunch there. It doesn't get dried out evenly, right? So you have a little bit of wet spot on the towel still. My towels would get a funky smell. I'd go back and use them the second day. They'd be fine. The third day, you're gonna see the, the third or fourth day of using that towel, you're like, wow, this towel really reeks. What the hell is going on here? A little funky. Right, but if it's evenly, if it's, let out, if it's left out evenly, draped over something flat, yeah. 
It can dry evenly. Well, you're dry supposed quick. to wash your ass before you dry it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it dries evenly and you don't get that funk. So. Just be sure you have a clean undercarriage. <laughs> Go wax your undercarriage, Dennis. <laughs> Again, you he have to get one of those towels that says butt and face on it. <laughs> I'm a retard. Nobody likes a dirty undercarriage. Let me just do a quick thank you. Thank you, Dennis Bonaduce, for being with us. Thank you, Roger, again, for joining us. My co-host, my trusty co-host, Roger Khan. And thank you very much, Cindy Irish, for coming on and talking about some germs and how to keep our kitchens a little more clean. Thanks for talking to us on the Germcast. Yeah, no problem. Good. Thank you. Would that be like talking dirty? Talking dirty. What? <laughs> I said, is that like talking dirty? We were talking about germs. Talking dirty with the